All right. If you would turn your Bibles to Genesis chapter 25. Genesis chapter 25. And it is uh, such a blessing to be back and for a visit, visit family. And uh, at first I didn't think we'd be able to come up, but the Lord was able to work it out with my job and to give us uh, a pretty good, uh, decent, good deal on tickets. So just want to praise, praise the Lord for that. And just being able to be back and see everyone uh, is a blessing. So... So Genesis chapter 25, and we're going to begin reading in verse 29. So Genesis 25 and verse 29. And it says, And Jacob sod pottage, and Esau came from the field, and he was faint. And Esau said to Jacob, Feed me, I pray thee, with that same red pottage, for I am faint. Therefore was his name called Edom. And Jacob said, Tell me this, or sell me this day thy birthright. And Esau said, Behold, I am at the point to die, and what profit shall this birthright do to me? And Jacob said, Swear to me this day. And he swore unto him, and he sold his birthright unto Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage of lentils, and he did eat and drink and rose up and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. So there was, there was this wealthy businessman, and he owned a large company, and he had a son. Now, he had given the rights in his will that upon his death that his son would inherit his company. It was a multi-million dollar company, so his son would be very wealthy one day when he inherited this company. And... And so the son obviously was set. He was set for life, set to own this multi-million dollar company. And but one day as he was driving along, he uh, he saw this new coffee shop over on the on the corner, on, on the street corner. And now he loved coffee. He hadn't had coffee for quite a while, several days, or even a week, and the caffeine headaches were starting to set in, and they were getting more and more intense and painful, and he was just feeling that, oh my, if, if I don't have some coffee, then I'm, I'm probably going to pass out and die right here on the street. So he saw this new coffee shop, and as he walked in, he could smell the fresh brew of coffee, and it was the best smelling coffee he had ever smelled in his life. So, obviously, he was getting kind of excited, and he said, uh, well, he, he walked up to the counter, and he asked the man, well, how much uh, would, would uh, uh, just a cup of coffee cost? Because they, they didn't have any prices. And the man, knowing who it was, told him that that... For him to have a cup of coffee, then he would have to sign over his inheritance. He would have to sign over his inheritance, this multi-million dollar company, this multi-million dollar inheritance, in order for him to have a cup of coffee. So the man, he kind of thought, he sat and thought, and as he thought, he could feel his head pounding more and more from this caffeine headache. And he thought, well... 
I'm probably going to, as soon as I leave this coffee shop, I'm probably going to pass out and die. So, I mean, what would this multi-million dollar company, what good would it be to me anymore? I mean, I wouldn't be able to use it if I'm dead, obviously. So, at that time, he decided to sell that inheritance. He signed over his inheritance for that single cup of coffee. And yes, it was the best he had ever had before. And he ended up just walking, he walked away and lived his life, but he never had, never got that inheritance because he had signed it over for that single cup of coffee. Now, obviously that is, sounds like a ridiculous story and it's a made up story, but it, it sounds ridiculous to, to all of us, doesn't it? I mean, why couldn't, I'm sure, yes, his head may have been hurting, but I'm sure he wouldn't have fallen over and died if, if he hadn't had that cup of coffee. I mean, he could have gone somewhere else. But just as ridiculous as that story may sound, you know, really what Esau did in this passage is about as ridiculous as that young man giving over his inheritance to for just for a cup of coffee. Now, as we look into uh, this passage, we see that uh, we have to understand a few things. First, uh, a birthright was, it was like an inheritance in those days, and it was the right for, it was, it was the right given to the young, or the oldest child, the oldest male. And he would, he would uh, gain the property of his father and gain the majority of the property and become the leader of the family in those days. So it was a very big deal in that time to have this birthright. And we see that Esau was coming out of the field. He had been working all day. He was tired. He was probably very hungry, working hard. Um, I don't know about you, but if you've been working hard all day wherever you work, you know, you get tired and sometimes you just want to go home and relax, right? Just want to go home and sit on the couch or sit on the lazy boy and just eat some food and relax. Well, Esau was coming out of the field and he probably was just tired and just wanted to sit down and relax. And he was obviously hungry, so he wanted to obviously eat. So as he came out of this field, he started smelling the aroma of some food cooking. And I don't know about you, but I remember times when I was a child, or even now when I come back from work, I'll come into the kitchen or come into the house and smell the food cooking, and it's and obviously I want it, you know, I want it right then because it just smells so good. I've been working all day, and that's that's where Esau was. He was coming out of the field hot, and he just wanted to eat something. He wanted some substance, so. As he walks into, or walks up to the tent, he sees Jacob stirring, stirring some pottage, stirring some pottage for dinner. They're probably going to be eating dinner soon. And so he walks up there and he sees that it's his favorite meal. And so he, as he walks up there, he smells it and he just wants to taste it right then. He can't wait for dinner. I mean, he feels like he's going to die if he doesn't eat this pottage right then. And so he walks up to Jacob and he asks him, could I have some of this pottage that you are cooking 
some of this soup that you are cooking. Could I have some right now? And, well, Jacob, the name Jacob means deceiver. So once Esau asked this question, you know, Jacob started thinking in his mind. He started thinking, and there was something that he wanted that was Esau's. He wanted this birthright because Esau was the oldest of the two. But Jacob wanted the birthright. It was, it was Esau's right to have it, but Jacob knew what it meant. It was, it, it was the right to be the leader of the family. It was the right to own the uh, inheritance of the family. And so Jacob thought in his mind, and he thought up this plan, and he thought to himself, well, if, if I... Maybe if I ask him for his birthright, because he looks pretty hungry. So if I ask him for his birthright, maybe he'll just sell it to me. And so he gives Esau this proposition. He, and Esau is probably about to dip a spoon into this spottage. And Jacob says, I'll give you some soup, but on one stipulation. I'll give you some on this one stipulation. Has anyone ever done that to you? Where you ask them, oh, can I have this? And they say, well, I'll give you some if, if you do this for me. Or um, maybe as a kid, a kid uh, wants a piece of candy, and they say, can I have that piece of candy? And the one kid says to the other, well, I'll give you this piece of candy if you give me your big Nerf sword. <laughs> and... You know, there's a decision to make. Well, Esau had a decision to make. Jacob made him a proposition. He had this stipulation. And and so Esau had to think of it. This was the birthright. This was the opportunity to become the heir of the family, to become the leader of the family. And Jacob had just offered him some soup, offered him some pottage if he would give him his birthright. So Esau may have stopped and thought a while because this was an important decision to make. And he thought about his stomach that was grumbling. I thought about how hungry he was. He even, in his mind, thought that he was at the point of death. Now, more than likely, he wasn't actually at the point of death uh, of food because it takes several days before someone will die of, of starvation. But he was so hungry that he felt like he was going to die. And I'm sure everyone in here has been at the point where your stomach is just grumbling and you feel like you're going to pass out if you don't eat right away. Well, Esau was at this, at this point and he felt like he was going to die. And he says, I'm at the point of death. So what good will this birth, birthright do to me? What good will it be to me if I take this birthright and I'm dead? It won't be any good to me. So he he decided to take over the pottage, and he told Jacob that he would sell him his birthright. And that's exactly what he did. Esau sold Jacob the birthright for this, for simply a bowl of soup. And, you know, that, that sounds ridiculous. Just as, just as ridiculous as, as that son giving up a multi-million dollar inheritance for a cup of coffee. I mean, it sounds re- completely ri- ridiculous, 
for Esau to give over his whole birthright, his inheritance, for a simple bowl of soup. I mean, really, just just uh, think about that. Think about how utterly ridiculous that, that sounds. And, and Esau did that. He gave up his whole inheritance just so that he could eat a bowl of soup where he could have, he more than likely could have waited, could have waited for dinner to come and actually eaten and still would have had the birthright. But he decided to sell his birthright for a simple bowl of soup. Now, even though, you know, this sounds ridiculous, it sounds like, you know, you may say, well, I wouldn't do that. Who in their right mind would do such a thing, would, would do what Esau did? But, you know what, so many times we as Christians can do the same thing. We as human beings do the same thing, just in a different realm. You see, Esau, he sold his, his birthright for that bowl of soup because he, he despised the birthright. He didn't see it as that important. He thought it was more important for him to have this bowl of soup than for him to, at, the, at that moment, than to have this birthright. And so often, we as Christians, we will give up what is most important in our lives, what should be most important to our lives, for what we want at that moment. Uh, whether, it be, uh, whether it be television or sports or shopping, you know, all these things, they're not bad in and of themselves. But if we are trading those things for, if we're trading our relationship with God, our walk with God for these things, and you know what, we're giving up what should be most important in our lives to what we want, the instant gratification we want at the moment. And, and you know what, the devil and this world uh, can work kind of like Jacob did. They, they're deceiving. This world is deceptive. The devil is deceptive. And he'll make things look so good. The world will make things look so great in this lifetime. And you look at the things in this world, uh, all these, all, what's on TV, what's out there to buy, uh, all this material gain that you can get, all the money that you can get. Maybe, maybe it's a job. Uh, maybe your boss says, well, if you work Sundays, then we'll give you a raise. If you work all day Sundays, then, then we'll give you a dollar or maybe two dollar raise. And, you know, it can be tempting. It really can. For, for our flesh, it can be tempting to take that because it's like, well, that's more money. I could, you know, I could at least give more to the church. Maybe I won't be in church, but maybe I can at least give more to the church. And it, it won't matter that I miss church. I can, you know, read my Bible at home. Um, and whatever it may be, you know, there's, there's things that will come in life where the devil's going to deceive us. The world is going to try to tempt us, trying to deceive us into giving up what should be most important in our lives. And our flesh is going to fight us. You know what? Esau's flesh was fighting him that day. It was saying, I'm hungry. That's what his flesh was saying. It was, it was saying, I'm hungry. I want it right now. And he gave in to his flesh. He gave in to what he wanted right then, right then at that moment. And he gave up what should have been more important in his life. And so often we can do the same thing. Our flesh will 
fight against us. It'll say, well, I want that. I want this or that. And uh, say, you know, our flesh fights when it's morning time, when we're supposed to get out of bed, when we know that we need to get up and read our Bibles. Our flesh will fight. I know, you know, personal experience, and I'm sure most of you from personal experience, our flesh wants to stay in bed, doesn't it? It wants to stay there and get more sleep and keep pushing that snooze button or just throw the alarm clock out the window or something. That's what our flesh wants to do. But what ought we to do? We ought to get up and spend the time that we need with the Lord. We ought to spend the time in prayer that we need to spend. Or maybe there's a day that you may get up late and you go to work, have had a hard day of work, and then you get home and you know that you had gotten up late and didn't have time to spend in God's Word, didn't have time in prayer, and you know that you need to spend time in God's Word. You know that you need that relationship with God, but you just feel so tired and you just all you want to do is sit down and turn the TV on and just kind of relax. But you know what? What we need to ask ourselves is what is most important? What do we need to do? What is what are we going to do when those times come? Are are you going to in the, in that time are you going to spend time in God's word? Or are you going to give into your flesh and try to relax? Or try to maybe turn on the TV or try to stay in bed more and get some extra sleep. Sleep's not bad, but when you're giving up your Bible reading, giving up your time with the Lord for sleep, then it is wrong. Or when you know you need to be in church. You know, there's temptations not to go to church. You may feel tired. Or like I said, maybe a job uh, your manager ask you to work on Sunday. You know, what are you going to do? Are you going to give in and try to take that extra money? Or are you going to do try to do what's right and and go to the house of the Lord and worship the Lord like he wants you to do? Or there's visitation. Um, you know, the Lord commands us to go into the harvest field. He commands us to be a witness to people. And I don't know about you, but you know, it can be hard at times to witness to people. It can be hard for us to spread the gospel to people, tell people of the gospel. Because it's not, these, especially these days, it's not a popular subject. People don't want to hear it. People don't want to hear the gospel these days. But God has commanded us to do, to do this. And what are we going to do? Are you going to give in to your flesh and say, no, I won't, I won't witness to them. I'm... I don't want to be laughed at, or I don't want them to uh, think I'm crazy. But we need to think, what does God want us to do? What does the Lord want us to do? What should, what should be most important in our lives? <clears throat> and so just as, as we go into this new year, think about your own life. Think about this past year or the years past, what you've been doing. Have you been giving into the flesh? Have you been giving in to uh, your desire just to sleep in and not spend time in God's Word? You know, I know that uh, uh, Pastor Montoro, he passes out the reading calendars. 
you know, I encourage you to get one of those and to to keep that schedule. And it, it will be a blessing. It will be a help to your life. Reading God's Word, it will be a blessing. It will, I can guarantee it will help your, help your life. And just think about this, this coming year and think about what more you can do for the Lord. Think about what should be most important. Maybe even write it down. Write down what the top things that are, ought to be most important in your life. And try to keep, keep those as most important. And remember that, that your relationship with God is most important. And then your work in the church and your witnessing to people, even at work. Remember what is most important. And don't give in to the things of the flesh. Don't give in to the things of the world. You know, there's things, like I said, there's things that may not be that bad, but if we're giving them, if we're, if we're taking those things of the world, things of the flesh, and putting away the things of God and not doing what we ought to do, then, you know, that's, that's sin. And God desires that we give our lives completely to him. He desires that we completely follow him, that we completely trust him, So what what are you doing? Are you giving into this world? Are you giving into the desires, the instant gratification that you want right now? Or are you doing what's right? Are you giving yourself to the things of God? Are you completely trusting God? And are you taking what should be most important in your life and holding that dear to your heart? Or are you just giving over to what you want at the moment? So let's pray. Dear Lord, I want to thank you so much for uh, this time that we get to come together and worship you. And Lord, as we come to this new year, I pray that we would think about what ought to be most important in our lives and that we would uh, completely give ourselves to you, and that we wouldn't give ourselves to our flesh. We wouldn't give ourselves to this world, but we would realize uh, that our lives ought to be yours. And uh, thank you so much for all that you do for us and, and the grace that you show to us each day. And I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.